Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball, and you're listening to Speaking of Travel right here on News Radio 570 WWNC and 880 The Revolution. And remember, Speaking of Travel is brought to you by Appalachian Realty. They've been helping people call Asheville home since 1979 by Small Footprint Travels and Ola Carolina Magazine. And the big news, the Speaking of Travel site is up and running, and it's full of great travel information, links to podcasts, travel photos, and so much so much more. Just visit speakingoftravel.net. And remember, no passport required. And you can listen anywhere, anytime in the whole wide world on your free iHeartRadio app. Well, you know, one of my favorite Vincent Van Gogh quotes is, what would life be if we had no courage to attempt anything? Well, you know, the path to more knowledge could be as simple as taking a class or reading a book. But I'll tell you, travel experiences are an excellent way to expand your mind and maybe even discover your own meaning of life. Anytime you travel, you can't help but come away with broader worldviews and you gain new knowledge about so many different things. Well, my guest today is Sarah Wilson, and she is a woman after my own heart. She went off traveling in January 2002, and she never looked back. Welcome to the show, Sarah, and thanks so much for being here. Hi. So we're talking to you from Portugal today. Is that right? That's right. We're, um, we've been driving, uh, me and John, you've spoken to him a few yes. times. Um, we've been driving around Portugal looking for a new home to move here from Asia. You'd been living in Laos for a long time, right? That's right. I've, um, I lived in Laos for nearly two and a half years, and before that, Thailand. Well, it doesn't so, sound like you're from South Carolina. Where are you from? Originally from London in England. Yes, so I hope you can understand me. <laughs> oh, we can understand you. Remember, that's just like not far from our language. <laughs> so tell me a little about you, Sarah. I just want my audience to know, too, that I've been following you. I just love following you. You're you're a woman after my own heart, going hither and on all over the place and doing such great things. But I want to find out, were you a traveling kid? Is that something that you did with your family when you were growing up? Uh, when we were growing up, we did travel as a family, but it was mainly holidays in England or Spain, the typical family holidays. But I, I always loved travel. I always remember when it was time to come home, I would just be sitting crying and sobbing and going, I don't want to go back to the real world. Really? And um, nothing changed. <laughs> and then I always worked for holiday companies. Until the one day I just thought, I just don't like returning to England. Uh, it gets me so depressed. And so I just went and kept going. You just went off by yourself? That's right. Wow. Yes. So tell me a little bit about these holiday companies. What are those in England? I don't know that we have those here in America. Well, um, one of my last jobs, I used to work for a Caribbean company. And it's just. People used to, you know, book their holidays, flights, and hotels with me. 
And I used to visit the Caribbean a lot, and everyone dreaded me when I returned to the office <laughs> because that the post-holiday blues were kicking oh, the moment no. I landed at Heathrow. I don't think people so, understand that post-holiday blues syndrome so oh, much. Oh, I suffer from it terribly, oh. terribly. <laughs> well, I think the only so cure is to get <laughs> right. Well, I think the only cure is to get up and go, right? And that's what you did all by yourself. I know, and it's not as scary as it sounds. <laughs> it still sounds scary, Sarah. Tell us a little bit about what was going on in your head at that point. Well, I must admit, I was terrified. Um, I finally decided to go for it in January 2002. I've been talking about it for ages and ages, but I was always found an excuse. Well, you know, I've got a mortgage. How will I pay for my flat? What about my rabbit? My mom was sick. And there was all sorts of excuses why I couldn't go. And then I lost my mom. I lost the rabbit. And I found someone to live in my flat. So I really had no excuse. So... As someone said, you know, if you don't like it, you can always get a flight home. It's only 11 hours from Asia back to London. And uh, I loved it from the moment I got there. Mm. So why were you thinking Asia? Well, I, I did travel around the world. I started off in Asia because I'd been to Bangkok and Hong Kong in my 20s. And I loved it. I've always felt at home in Asia, very, very safe. And I spent eight months traveling the whole of Asia, through, um, through Thailand, Borneo, Singapore, Indonesia, um, Laos, Vietnam, Cambodia, you name it. And then I went on to Australia and to New Zealand, and then the money ran out. And I got as far as Bangkok thinking I was going to fly back to London, and I read a little bit about doing some English teachings. I thought, hmm, maybe that will keep me here a little bit longer. And it did. Oh, nice. You know, I think that's everybody's <laughs> kind of, uh, well, I can't speak for everybody. I'm speaking for myself. As I'm thinking of my future and where I envision myself, you know, what you said, there's no excuses. When you know it's time, you just know it's time and there's no more excuses, right? That's right. Well, Sarah, I just am in awe that you've you've kept on going. And I'd, I'd like you to talk to me just a little bit about when you first um, set off by yourself. Like, were you feeling uh, – did you feel empowered? Were you feeling a little nervous? What, what was going on with you then? Oh, I, uh, it was a complete mix of emotions. Um, I've – I was extremely excited about the whole thing because I'd never actually been traveling anywhere on my own before. And when, because of my background in travel, I'd only dealt with five-star hotels. And now here I was going down to the backpacker hostels or guest houses. Otherwise, my travel money would run out really mm. quickly. Um, it was very, very exciting, especially in the daytime. I felt great. But sometimes in the evenings at first, going out for dinner alone was a little bit scary because you feel that everybody's staring at you mm. thinking, oh, she's got no friends. But when you travel on your own, you meet so many more people. I find now that sometimes when I am traveling with my partner that we tend to be a little bit more um, antisocial. People don't mm. talk to you because you're already traveling with someone where on your own you just... People adopt you from all around the world. You make great friends, and 
And then when you decide it's time to move on, you can walk away and you don't upset anyone. Mm, that is the sweetest <laughs> I de- thing. I definitely recommend it. It's, it's not, it really isn't as scary as it sounds. And if you do feel uncomfortable on your own, I used to, at the beginning, take a book with me. So when I was having dinner, I just wanted my own time and to read. But it, it's easy. It's easy. I'd recommend it to anyone. Well, it's so affirming and refreshing to hear you say these things because, you know, our world is bombarded with so much uh, noise, so much noise. And, uh, you know, this them versus us and and rather than looking at other cultures as people, uh, they don't. And here you are saying, I was... A single, you know, I was traveling solo as a woman and felt safe and and loved, and people were engaging with me. That's very affirming. It is, and and you get adopted everywhere. When I was uh, traveling through India, um, sometimes as a single female, you do get into certain awkward situations <laughs> on public transport. But um, the local Indian families and the local Indian women would just sort of gather around you and protect you from any hassle and make, you know, make sure everything was safe. So it, it was, I, I vowed when I went traveling that if I ever returned to England, I would be really nice to other travelers. <laughs> right. And because that's not always easy. How, how lovely everyone was. Oh, well, Sarah, when we come back, I want to talk more about some of these places that you've been and and how you've been able to afford traveling over all these years. So thank you so much for for being with us uh, in windy Portugal. (laughs) And we'll be back. We'll be back right after the break. This is Marilyn Ball. I'm your host on Speaking of Travel, talking with Sarah here in Portugal. We'll be right back. If you love to travel and imagine yourself walking through villages steeped in history, eating delicious foods, and taking pictures of everything around you, then you'll enjoy one of Small Footprint Travel's small group trips. You'll be transported into magical settings and experience the simple pleasures of Southeast Asia or Latin America, led by a professional photographer and a culinary guide from Thailand. Be sure to check out their upcoming trips to Cuba, Vietnam, and Cambodia. To find out more, visit their website, www.smallfootprinttravels.com. Latino buying power is huge and rising fast. If you want to tap into this new market, then connect by advertising in Ola Carolina magazine. This glossy Spanish-language magazine is published monthly and reaches over 70,000 Spanish-speaking residents in western North Carolina. Ola Carolina magazine is about much more than just speaking Spanish. It's about Latino culture. Visit OlaCarolina.com and transform how you attract, engage, and connect with Latino customers. 
People call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street, right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. This is Marilyn Ball, your host, and you're listening right here on News Radio 570 WWNC and 880 The Revolution. And remember, Speaking of Travel is brought to you by Appalachian Realty. They've been helping people call Asheville home since 1979 by Small Footprint Travels and Ola Carolina Magazine. And be sure to go visit the the Speaking of Travel um, website. It's speakingoftravel.net. I almost forget sometimes because it's so new and it's just been launched. And I encourage you to go visit so you can find out more. And over time, there's going to be some new, I don't know, surprises showing up on speakingoftravel.net. So get connected. And remember, you can listen anywhere, anytime in the whole wide world on your free iHeartRadio. Radio app. Well, speaking of the whole wide world, my guest today is Sarah Wilson. She's been traveling the whole wide world. She's right now just settling into Portugal, where I understand it's quite windy today. It certainly is. You might be able to hear that in the background. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, listen, Sarah, you were telling us before the break about being in the travel industry uh, as your career and then uh, making a decision to leave and go out on your own. Again, you know, it's just thinking about all these places that you've been, all the wonderful people that you met. How did you end up kind of settling down after you had first gotten started traveling? Um, well, it's, it's always the usual story. Money eventually runs, starts to run low. Mm. Um, but I, I stayed in Thailand for a while. Um, I made a base in Chiang Mai, which is a lovely place. Um it's a lot cheaper to live in Thailand than it is in England. And rents are low, prices are low, live like a local. And I did a little bit of uh, teaching English. Um, and that's one way sort of, you know, it's a great way of mixing with the local people. You get to know more what's going on and it helps you keep traveling. And a skill like teaching English around the world, you can pretty much travel anywhere and work anywhere. Well, what about the language? Is there a language barrier that you have to kind of adjust to? Well, Thai is a very difficult language. I do, when I travel everywhere, at least try to learn the basics like hello, thank you. But um, Thai is a tonal language like in Laos. So it's very easy to, you think you're saying something, but you're actually saying something else. Uh-oh. And it's quite often, quite often a little bit rude. Oh. I learned some, I mean, I learned many rude words that way, not intentionally. Yes. But but people were still welcoming to you, even though you were... They were very, very welcoming. And I'm very good at charades in places. 
Um, when I travelled through Borneo, nobody spoke English, and I can't speak any of the Borneo language. But um, smiling, acting, I managed to find rooms for the night and food to eat. It was it was actually really good fun. I bet. I it sounds. <clears throat> It sounds like improv, you know, if you've ever studied improv. Totally, totally. (laughs) And a smile will work everywhere. I love that. I just can't, yeah, a smile will work. And one thing I have learned when I was traveling, that the more remote, once you got into the little villages, the people without any money were the kindest people you ever met. I know it sounds really corny, but um, I've, I've just got so many little stories of adventures I came across that you just, you know... I just didn't expect from people's kindness. Well, I think that, again, Sarah, is such an important, um, I don't know, I feel like we have to be ambassadors of smile, (laughs) you know, totally. that somebody needs to be out there smiling to people and and then to be able to see the welcoming in return, the kindness. Uh, Again, you know, we're we're just bombarded here with so much noise. Hearing these stories, tell us a little story of of being in a village and something that happened. I don't want to put you on the spot, but I bet you can do it. <laughs> well, one of my favorites was actually in this little village in Borneo. Um, I just I was waiting for a bus. Apparently, the bus supposed to have gone at seven o'clock in the morning. So there I am with my little backpack in this remote village, and. Through sign language from the villagers, I realized that there was no bus that day or it was going to come at 6 o'clock in the evening. So the head of the village invited me into his house. Now, when I first started traveling, coming from London, I was always a little bit like mm, suspicious of everybody. You know, what were their intentions? But when I started to travel, I realized that most people didn't have bad intentions. Yes, there are bad people you meet along the way, but I haven't met any yet. And I was invited back to the headman's home, and I met all the kids, and we had fat, uh, we had dinner together, and I helped teach the, the kids a few words of English, and the family was very excited. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes. That song mm. always works well. It's a universal and they song. They taught me a few words. Aww. It was just great. And then at six o'clock, when the bus finally came. It was like the whole village sort of came down to wave me off. It was quite emotional, really. Oh, it sounds very <laughs> so that's lovely. That's one of my favorite stories, yeah. Yeah. It's lovely, really, really lovely. That is lovely. And, you know, a lot of people don't even know where Borneo is. Why don't you give us a little geography lesson while we're at it? Right. Well, it is in Southeast Asia. It's part of Indonesia. Um, most people have heard of Bali, which is um, the very, I actually do love Bali, but it's very, very touristy. So Indonesia is more to the right. Um, it's Sarawak and Sabah, and it's where they used to have the main headhunters and cannibalists. Oh. Cannibalists, is that a word? Yeah. And cannibals. Um, but it's beautiful, beautiful. There's some, if you love wildlife and animals, some of the safari parks there are just amazing for the monkeys and the wild pigs. It's one of my favorite places. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> well, I, it sounds lovely, but 
you know what, Sarah, we're going to have to keep that on the lowdown because we don't want everybody to go see that. (laughs) This is true. I mean, I bet you see that, too, in your travels, the impact of tourism, having been in the industry yourself and just seeing the impact, Mm. especially going to Mm. small villages and knowing, you know, this is kind of the beginning. And then before you know it, you know, the impact of people over historical areas and and into the forest, you know, takes its toll. Oh, it does, yes. I've seen some areas completely ruined, and you you don't want to sound like those people that said, oh, if only you'd come 20 years ago, (laughs) it would have been beautiful. (laughs) But you do feel like that at times. People get very excited by the dollar, so, and and then you get all the tacky souvenir shops and things growing up, but there are still places that are unspoilt. If you come, just e- even if it's two streets away from the, the tourist areas, there's still a lot of the real, the real world out there. I think that's a very important point because I know when I've traveled, uh, you go, you know, you usually land in a bigger city, and really you don't have to go too far out to get into the local. Uh, into the local neighborhoods, and that's really the fun. That's where the fun begins. That's where the fun begins. I, I always recommend to anyone um, just go out, roam the streets, and get completely lost. And that's where you'll find the best food, the best restaurants, and, and it's just fun. Don't worry if you can't speak the language. People, you know, you, you can do by sign language, or enough people know one or two words of English, you can get by. There's no need to be scared at all about that. Well, again, this is so refreshing to hear and so affirming uh, for anybody who wants to be able to broaden their worldview and and step out a little of that familiar zone. So, Sarah, when we come back from the break, I want to talk a little more about um, Southeast Asia and how your travels have kind of kept you going into doing more and more adventures. (laughs) You never cease to amaze me. It's always like, what is Sarah doing now? (laughs) (laughs) So we'll be back after the break. Thanks, Sarah. This is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. And we'll be back right after the break with Sarah talking to us from Portugal. call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street, right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. 
Latino buying power is huge and rising fast. If you want to tap into this new market, then connect by advertising in Ola Carolina magazine. This glossy Spanish language magazine is published monthly and reaches over 70,000 Spanish-speaking residents in Western North Carolina. Ola Carolina magazine is about much more than just speaking Spanish. It's about Latino culture. Visit OlaCarolina.com and transform how you attract in engage and connect with Latino customers. If you love to travel and imagine yourself walking through villages steeped in history, eating delicious foods, and taking pictures of everything around you, then you'll enjoy one of Small Footprint Travel's small group trips. You'll be transported into magical settings and experience the simple pleasures of Southeast Asia or Latin America, led by a professional photographer and a culinary guide from Thailand. Be sure to check out their upcoming trips to Cuba, Vietnam, and Cambodia. To find out more, visit their website, www.smallfootprinttravels.com. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. This is Marilyn Ball, your host. You're listening right here on News Radio 570 WWNC and 880 The Revolution. Speaking of Travel is brought to you by Appalachian Realty. They've been helping people call Asheville home since 1979 by Small Footprint Travels and Ola Carolina Magazine. And remember, you can listen anywhere, anytime in the whole wide world on your free iHeartRadio app. Well, joining me today, talking to me from Portugal, is Sarah Wilson. Sarah's been traveling since 2002. We're having a great time, Sarah. I was saying during the break, I wish we were sitting together, listening to the wind howl, drinking a glass of wine. (laughs) It's it's almost time to open one here. (laughs) Well, there you go. So, Sarah, you, um, you had all these wonderful adventures and... You're out there on your own. Tell us a little bit about how your life changed uh, and you ended up having a partner. Ah, well, that was all a bit of a... (laughs) There's a story on its own. Well, I want to hear it. (laughs) Well, I've been living in Thailand for a very long time. And if you know anything about Thailand, it's quite hard for a a white girl... (laughs) To, uh, to find uh, to find love, so to speak, as most um, Western guys coming over are more interested in the beautiful, stunning Thai women. Sure. Um, actually, I did have a few Thai boyfriends, but um, I'm quite tall, and they tend to only come up to my kneecap. <laughs> so I guess I'm a little bit heightist. <laughs> and um, I met John in Chiang Mai. Um, We'd originally met, arranged to meet online, um, and then at the time I was doing uh, belly dancing classes, and one of my friends I did belly dancing with said, I've just met this guy, you two would get on so well. And then the following weekend, I was doing a flash mob for Zook Dance, and John was the photographer, so... (laughs) 
We were going to meet whatever happened. <laughs> I would say so. <laughs> what a chance Something meeting. Something was trying to get us two to meet. Yeah, exactly. Sure. <laughs> yeah, so there you were doing a flash mob and belly dancing. You just were doing whatever you wanted, right, Sarah? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And I do everything terribly, but I enjoy it all. <laughs> well, you're, uh, like I said in the beginning, you're a woman after my own heart. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah. there you guys were. You're Now, were you both living there in... In that uh, town? Yes, I'd been living in Chiang Mai for a while, and John had been living in Mexico, but um, many people he'd met in Mexico said he should try Chiang Mai because, um, so he, you know, he turns up something completely different. You can't get much further apart than Thailand and Mexico. And we met there, and it was, um, because it's a lovely city, but Chiang Mai has changed a lot now. It's, Big shopping malls, traffic, and all the the bad sides of a big city have kind of moved in. Well, tell us a little a lovely place to visit. Tell us a little bit about, um, and then you oh so, but then you moved to Laos together. Was That's that, right. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's right. Um, we now um, at the moment we live in Laos. We've got a lovely little home overlooking the Mekong River, and we can wave at Thailand from. Um, from our patio, <laughs> and um, but I, having lived in Asia for a long time now, every year does seem to be getting hotter and hotter and hotter. So that's why we're coming back to. Well, I'm coming back to live in Europe. I want to sort of get into Portugal before, as you've probably heard, Britain's coming out of the EU. Yes. So I want to move to Portugal while I still can as a member of the European Union. <laughs> right on, girl. I hear that. Mm, so I'm sneaking in before it all changes. I know. Well, I wanted to oh, ask you. It's a difficult world out there at the moment. It really is. So do you still have that place over, uh, overlooking the river? Do you, what, do you rent it out? Well, the, the, um, we, we rent everywhere. We still have our place in Laos. But we've just found a home here in Portugal. So uh, next week we fly back to Laos and we'll be selling off the rest of our furniture. And I'll be picking up my dog and cats. Oh. We're all coming over here. Can't leave those two behind. No. Well, congratulations. (laughs) That is so great. What great news. And it's yes, you have to come and visit. Uh, well, and we can have you that don't glass have to wine. <laughs> you don't have to ask me two times. <laughs> <laughs> I am definitely going to take you up on that. But I did want to ask you, Sarah, because you've been overseas and you're traveling, and we we have been going through some um, tough times. <laughs> I don't know how else mm-hmm. to say it, uh, especially in the travel. Uh, world. Um, You know, here we are talking about the lovely people that you're meeting, the kindness of strangers, the opening up their homes, their families. And yet around the world, people are being excluded and they're being detained. And, you know, there's a lot of um, uncertainty. Mm -hmm. What are are your... um, uh, feelings on what's happening here, especially in the U.S. I mean, how do you think people over there are thinking about us right now? Inquiring minds um, want to know. Yes, inquiring minds want to know. A lot of um, 
John does change his nationality to Canadian on ah. occasion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are really surprised at what's happening in America. And Americans we've met who are traveling outside America are like, well, it's, it's all a little bit embarrassing. I, I, don't, I don't know how... I mean, England's the same. We suddenly, we don't want to be part of the European Union. We're terrified of every nationality. But the people I tend to find who are most scared of people who have never gone traveling, have never been outside their bubble. Yeah. And so, and you just hear all these terrifying things about things. And yet when you're there, it's a complete surprise. I've traveled around Muslim countries myself, and um, they've been fantastic. I've met some lovely people. You know, I, I didn't. I read one story online. You know, we have to do these bans because people are going to come waving machetes and chop our heads off. Well, I've never actually felt that when I've been travelling at all. And it's, it's. It, I, I think it's quite sad how it's all going at the moment. It is, and you know, I remember uh, uh, one of my favourite quotes by. Mark Twain, he says, travel is fatal to prejudice, bigotry, and narrow-mindedness, and many of our people need it sorely on these accounts. Broad, wholesome, charitable views of men and things cannot be acquired by vegetating in one little corner of the earth all one's lifetime. Totally agree with that. Wow. <laughs> it really does, really, really does open your eyes, travel. I mean, I've changed a lot since I've traveled, um, you know, meeting people. And, you know, it's, it's oh, I, I just, like I said, if I ever returned to England, I was just going to be so much nicer to all the foreigners. Well, I that's what I was going to say. <laughs> and, and I want to talk more about that, too, Sarah, when we come back from the break, because, you know, I encourage people here in the U.S. to travel you don't have to go to Portugal. You don't have to go to Southeast Asia. Just go to Alabama, you know, meet people in Alabama. <laughs> oh, I've been there too. <laughs> yeah, but they're nice people there. They'll open their homes to you. They'll tell you where their key to the front door is. So, mm. you know, it's getting out of your own familiar zone and saying, I'm going to go meet people. I'm going to go to, you know, eat barbecue on the eastern side of North Carolina and see what that is. <laughs> you no, know, that's, that, that's right. Yes, you don't have to travel to other countries. Just Go into a different town, stepping exactly. outside. Well, let's talk more Not about... Not a scary place. Not a scary place. So let's talk more about that when we come back from the break. Thank you so much, Sarah, for being here today. You're welcome. All right. We'll be back right after the break. This is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. If you love to travel and imagine yourself walking through villages steeped in history, eating delicious foods, and taking pictures of everything around you, then you'll enjoy one of Small Footprint Travel's small group trips. You'll be transported into magical settings and experience the simple pleasures of Southeast Asia or Latin America, led by a professional photographer and a culinary guide from Thailand. Be sure to check out their upcoming trips to Cuba, Vietnam, and 
Cambodia. To find out more, visit their website, www.smallfootprinttravels.com. Latino buying power is huge and rising fast. If you want to tap into this new market, then connect by advertising in Ola Carolina magazine. This glossy Spanish language magazine is published monthly and reaches over 70,000 Spanish-speaking residents in Western North Carolina. Ola Carolina magazine is about much more than just speaking Spanish. It's about Latino culture. Visit OlaCarolina.com and transform how you attract in Engage and connect with Latino customers. People call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street, right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel right here on News Radio 570 WWNC and 880 The Revolution. This is Marilyn Ball, your host. Remember, Speaking of Travel is brought to you by Appalachian Realty. They've been helping people call Asheville home since 1979 by Small Footprint Travels and by Ola Carolina Magazine. And remember, you can listen anytime, anywhere in the whole wide world on your free iHeartRadio. Radio app. So be sure you download that so you can listen when you're walking or running or you're on the train or you're on a plane. You can be listening to these great travel stories and and find out more about what's going on in other cultures and other countries, like we're finding out right now with my guest Sarah Wilson talking to us from Portugal. Thank you again, Sarah, for being with us today on this windy day for you. And, you know, I was telling uh, the audience, I've been following you for a while on Facebook. I assume that's an open Facebook page, right, where anybody can go and check you out? So to speak. Yes, yes. You, you can you can find all our stories on um, Life Part Two. Life Part Two, which is a great website. I've had John on my show twice, two times, and I would love to have him back because what what you guys are doing you're you're traveling and and doing adventures together. You walked the Camino Trail. Tell us a little about the Camino Trail from your perspective. I've heard John's, but tell me what it was like for you, Sarah. Now that I I know you a little bit better, uh, I absolutely loved it. And uh, I miss the Camino every day, so um, I'm quite excited being in Europe with um, the chance to do it again from a different angle. Uh, it was a very big birthday of mine last year, and uh, I, it was, I, I loved the walking, and it was just something I wanted to know if I could do, and I just loved every single minute of it. And that was one of the reasons why we decided to, maybe we were ready to leave Asia and come back to Europe. Mm. So it was a really life-changing and, and open, kind of opened a new chapter for you. It, it is. I mean, it, it's a strange thing. I didn't do it for any religious reason. In fact, most people I met 
were just doing it. More, most of them were doing it for the long walk. There was a nickname. It was the Camino del Vino, as we were all drinking our wine in the evening. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of wine involved. Yeah, it was just beautiful. Getting up every morning, putting your bag on your back, and just walking. Mm. And we'd walk twenty, thirty kilometers a day, and you know the scenery was just spectacular, and it was just lovely. Um, some people were there with their dogs. Um, I don't think my dog would have lasted very long. <laughs> Um, but it was it was it was just really really beautiful and yes it was it was during that walk you have plenty of time to think and it was yeah I, I'm ready to move to Europe Europe is a beautiful place in my mind it was um, it was so expensive I could never afford to live there but Asia has got more expensive and uh, Portugal actually very very reasonable. It's and such, wine is a lot cheaper here too. <laughs> yeah, and it's such a beautiful, beautiful country. There's so much it's a diversity. Beautiful country, really beautiful, and the people are great, and they um, take great pleasure in laughing at my terrible attempts at Portuguese. But I'm, I'm having a go. I'm having a go. Well, that's 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 the best way that you can approach it. So now that we've had an opportunity to get to know each other a little better and, you know, hearing about your background and um, you you and John have been together for how many years now? Oh, it feels like forever, but it's only three and a half. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, did I say that out loud? Yes, you yes, said it out loud. <laughs> Randy, do you think you can edit that out? <laughs> <laughs> For a proper uh-huh, fee, yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> those guys stick together, you know. Exactly. Yeah. But now it sounds like you guys, are you going to, uh, as you move through this process uh, and settle into Portugal, are you going to use that as a jumping off point? Or are you just going to settle in for a while and see how things unfold? Well, we always say the original plan was to live in each country for a year at a time, but we both love traveling so much. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think Portugal will be our base for at least uh, two or three years, maybe longer. And then we're going to do a lot more exploring around Europe and maybe shorter, but more often. That sounds perfect, Uh, because once you're mm -hmm. there, it's Mm -hmm. not that difficult to get from point A to point B. No, not at all. And the airfares around here are really cheap. We've just got to make sure, because John being American, is initially only allowed in for 90 days at a time. So we're pushing to get visas all sorted at the moment. Oh, so we good. we don't have that problem. Oh, good. Well, I'm so glad that you're moving forward with um, with all of that, because as we were saying in the uh, before the break, that... You know, things are a little bit uncertain right now. And interesting enough, you know, you being British and, and John being American, both of these countries having such uh, national and international issues. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very polite way to say it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to have to follow closely what happens as time goes on. I know. It's it's kind of they're starting Brexit or they they. I, I'm not quite sure the technical terms from next um, from next week. So we're really pushing to start the visa process before every, anything finalized. Absolutely, I've been I, keeping a close eye on that, and it sounds like you know people made they made these choices, and now it's like what row? <laughs> yes, I, I don't think many. Oh, I, I, some of my friends are. Are pro Brexit as well, so I can't yeah. say anything. I'm just doing it from a, a selfish point of well, view. Well, of course, it, it'll make life difficult for me living in Europe. <laughs> exactly. Well, I just read about a, a couple who, you know, because things were 
the way they were just prior to this. Uh, some, you know, they were li- people were living outside uh, for for work and careers and and all of those things. And now, you know, now they're not so sure they can continue to live in those countries. So yeah, that, that's right. I mean, and it's always tit for tat. Um, I've got a lot of European friends living in England, and mm-hmm. they're like, oh, "Am I allowed to stay here?" And then if England kicks them out, then that country will. Oh, oh right! It could get very times deep at the moment, which very is why we're tricky. not buying anything just yet. No, <laughs> but mm. the the one thing I want to come back to is is the just the nature of people uh, all over the world, and and you, Sarah, and John too, have been traveling for a long time, and you have been. So fortunate and privileged, even I think, to be able to go into these small villages and have these interactions with human beings who are real, authentic people. I mean, how has that impacted your life? It's it's very humbling. I mean, these people—they're as excited to see you as we are excited to see them. I mean, we're we. John takes pictures of everything. He's these fabulous photos, and I never understand why they want to take pictures of us because we think, but we're so ordinary. But um, they're as excited to meet us and learn about our world as we are excited to learn about their world. So it's a lovely introduction. To, you know, we're both learning about each other's cultures. The young kids and everything love looking at John's photos of all his camera equipment and when he flies a drone overhead taking photos. Um, some, we have some fabulous videos on our site of sort of the Hill Tribe kids screaming with excitement and chasing the cameras and everything. It's, it's fun. It and is It's a really fun. nice way to, to meet people. And to share that with the world. Uh, you know, like mm. I said, you know, you're like the ambassadors of smiles. And I've been watching some <laughs> of those. Smiles get you everywhere. <laughs> I know. I, one of my greatest compliments was in Italy, and it was a waiter in a, a very local restaurant. And I was with a friend, and my friend had gone to the restroom, and he came over to me. He'd been our waiter for the evening. You know, a very distinguished man with a bow tie. It was, you know... a they love wearing their tuxedos and just look so lovely. He said, your smile is so, so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we went back to that restaurant like three times, right? <laughs> you see, it worked. It, it worked. totally did. It worked. <laughs> talk about melting, right? So, well, Sarah, I can't thank you enough for being here. And I want you to um, tell us again the website for John's and yours uh, blogs and where we can see these wonderful photos and videos, of, especially with this new drone. It's awesome. Mm, his new toy. Yeah. Yes, you'll find um, everything about our travels. It's on Life Part 2, and that 2 is the number 2. So it's Life, L-I-F-E-P-A-R-T. Number two, I love it that you just <laughs> you your your commentary, his photos, this new drone toy. It's all it's all working for you. And I can tell you this: I am totally coming to Portugal to visit. Your room is ready. <laughs> Good, <laughs> and so, I hope you like dogs and cats. <laughs> I do indeed. So we are on it. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, and send my love to John, and we'll be in Will touch do. with with all of you and. Uh, You guys bunker down for today and then go out and have a a wonderful week. We will, too. All right. Thanks again. (laughs)
All right. Well, this is Bye. Marilyn Ball. Bye, Sarah. You're listening. You've been listening to Speaking of Travel, and I want you all to go out and have a great day. Check the weather. You know, some days it's hot, some days it's cold, but it's a hoax. It's not climate change. It's just the way it is. And don't postpone joy. Joy.